though I had initially intended to go ahead and to move on to different works of the Ramchal, and, and I really see all of these shirim. Uh, thanks for coming, especially on the, on this um, on this. Uh, you know, we call it a holiday, but it's yeah. it's really significant. I was looking at uh, uh, Twitter feeds of veterans. Uh, also, uh, the journalist Jake Tapper has, and uh, these are people. Uh, veter- there's Veterans Day, and then there's Memorial Day. There's enough. Mm-hmm. There's an Afghamina between them, uh, even though both of them uh, now, I guess, have sales and stuff uh, appended to them. But I think that uh, as Jews and as Zionists, I think that we could relate to Memorial mm-hmm. Day in America. Grateful Jewish people in America that. Uh, that that get to live as Medina Shalchaset in this uh, in this country that uh, that has treated us uh, better in the diaspora than any other mm-hmm. country before. Um, this is the the greatest diaspora that we've experienced in terms of prosperity and safety, uh, and it should continue um, despite uh, despite scary uh, mm-hmm. events of uh, past months. Um, everywhere. Yeah, and um, and what we what we uh, what we I think that as Jews that we can especially go ahead and even if we don't know people who've served uh, to inhabit the sense even if there's no siren uh, that's going out today. We understand that uh, in very much that there should be at least a, a pnimi, an inner siren that should tell us that a tremendous amount of sacrifice. And we're a big, it's a much bigger country uh, than Israel. But so, so I think sacrifice of individuals uh, sometimes becomes compartmentalized into smaller communities. But the sense of hakar satov that we have to veterans and to those who, who gave everything, I think is a, is a deeply Jewish emotion that we should be feeling today. And also this understanding and I, 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 I guess it's okay, the, the understanding that there's also uh, a sort of celebration of that sacrifice, a, uh, a, a sense of joy that there are people who have sacrificed uh, or they're able to sacrifice for the, the great concept of what America is supposed to be and what this country is supposed to be. We should be zocha uh, that, uh, you know, the messianic vision that there should be no more war and there should be no more sacrifice. Hi. Just to say, uh, apropos um, today's date, uh, Memorial Day, is that my uncle, this was my mother's brother-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, actually was in a bomber during World War II, which was down, the, I, I don't know if it was actually in Germany or not, but he was in a POW camp for a long time. Right. I mean, he survived it, but, you know, from what I understand, and I do understand this, he never talked about it. Invisible wounds, as they say. Absolutely. That's right. And so I, I think it should probably show you in you know, some kind of... A subliminal, if you will, effect. There's got to be an effect. There absolutely and is. Yeah. You know what? It's a shame that the day that the name of Veterans Day was changed because that could have been subsumed under Memorial Day. I feel mm. very strongly about this because you know what the original name was. You may not, but you may. Honest thing. That's right. Honestest and day. that's significant for a lot of reasons because that was the Great War. Right. The war to end all wars. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Right, a few a decade a, later, two decades later. But we have later. to remember the significance of that war because there were so many dramatic changes in warfare, even during Correct. the war. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, on that note... Um, so we started uh, talking last week about Sefer Dast Funos, and uh, I guess going against the script a little bit, we're going to continue to learn about Sefer Dast Funos today, and, uh, and we'll learn a, a little bit of Zohar today as well. Um, so if you take a look at uh, the second page, it should say page 10 on the bottom right. So uh, I want to review, I wanna review the, uh, the Pasuk, the Pasuk that is... Um, 
<laughs> right, nobody here is 40. Um, what? So I wanted to take a look at the Pasuk, source two. Just say, okay. nobody here is 40? We're going we're gonna to learn. That was, that was a joke. I better go. Okay. Wait, quick question. Yeah. What does the Ramchal stand for? Rabbi... Ramchal stands for Rabbi Moshe Chaim Litzato. The Rabbi oh, Moshe... Yes, okay. ma'am. Uh, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Litzato. So, so the pasuk that we started off with, and a, a pasuk has like a hakdama to what uh, to what the Ramchal is doing, what we're doing by studying Sefer Das Tevunos, uh, comes from uh, from Sefer Divrei Ayamim, Sefer Divrei Ayamim Aleph, and it's Parakhav Ches Pasuk Tes Ve'ata Shlomo Bini. So uh, Shlomo is told Das Avicha Ve'avdehu. So Shlomo Amelech the Chacham Yikol Adam, the wisest of all uh, of all men of all human beings, is enjoying this charge that even he is duty bound to understand or to know da to know uh, the father the, the God of his father David Amelch, and to serve him and this charge I think is a charge that's, uh, that's, that's expressed to every single one of us that there is, that there is a, a duty uh, as a Jew to go ahead not just to suffice with uh, with a concept of like mitzvah sanashim lumada to do mitzvahs stam because we were born Jewish or stam because that's what we were told to do as kids and otherwise you know uh, we'd get in trouble or something like that but there has to be real understanding there's a level of just simply doing it and then there's a level of understanding why it is that we do it and the pasuk continues very beautiful pasuk he says and, and then we could go ahead avdeyu then we could serve God properly with knowledge with das believe shalim with a full heart with a soul filled with desire Hashem understands everything. Hashem knows what's going on in the depths of our hearts. If you seek God out, if you seek out the way that God understands us, and you seek to reciprocate that understanding by trying to understand God, so then, then we will be able somehow to find, to taste a little bit of that which it is that we are looking for. And if you leave it and you say, I don't bother to go and understand, I don't bother to go ahead and to try and figure out the reason, to try and figure out who God is and what God is, then, uh, then you will be left behind also. There's a, a certain sense that this is sort of the biblical punishment that God tells us, right? If you sever the relationship with God, God severs the relationship with you. Yeah, it's, it's a mutual relationship, what we call a biris. A biris, uh, kar, we say karisas biris. So this is an idea that's, uh, that comes in Rav Shagar often, that karisas biris, the lashon of karisas, of a cutting of a biris, means that in a certain respect that both sides give something, that both sides go ahead. A covenant is, is a, there's a mutuality when a covenant is formed, and that's what gives it its, its strength. Uh, I, I also want to point out something that I skipped last time, which is that when the Ramchal, and now we're, we're going to more of the philosophical, Kabbalistic writings of the Ramchal, and we talked about Mesil Sisharim. The Nazir mentions that we have two great Kabbalists, and we have others as well, two great Kabbalists that wrote uh, books of Musar, works of Musar that were very, very popular and profound and uh, distributed widely. And uh, both of those books of Musar, the Nazir saw as hakdamos for these Kabbalists, as introductions and as laying the groundwork in order for the Kabbalists to be able to delve properly into the secrets of the Torah. The Ramchal, for example, wrote Mesil Sisharim. And Mesil Sisharim, according to the Nazir, should be seen as a hakdama, should be seen is an introduction to Klach, which is the Nazir's extended uh, meditation and presentation of the entire system of the Ariza, 138 openings of wisdom, Klach Pischei Chachma. And we have another Kabbalist, uh, uh, 
somebody from the time of the Arizal, the, which is Rav, the Ramak, Rav Moshe Cordovero. Rav Moshe Cordovero wrote another Sefer, a small uh, Mesilos Yesharim type Sefer known as Tomer Devora. And Tomer Devora, according to the Nazar, should be seen as a Psicha, should be seen as an introduction to Pardes Rimonim, to the, to the main Kabbalistic work of Rav Moshe Cordovero in the sense of Reish's Chachma Yeras Hashem. You want to delve into Chachma Sa'emes, you want to delve into this deep wisdom of understanding God and knowing uh, how God runs the world and what our relationship relationship with God is, then the way to go ahead and to do this, is not to just jump into esoteric wisdom and to say, I'm ready for this and I'm prepared for this, but it's to prepare oneself with derech eretz, with the ways of the world, with, with yashras, or, or with understanding how midos work, and understanding how, how first God's midos, God's, um, God's manifestations, whether it's a manifestation of kivura, whether it's a manifestation uh, forbearance, of chesed, of loving kindness, how we reflect all that. Once we reflect that, then we can go, go ahead and and we can try and follow that light back and understand uh, what exactly it is that we're imitating, what exactly it is that we're doing. So, so that's that's both of them, and and they're not the only ones, but but that's that's how how, how the Nazir, at least for his part, and I'm very I find a very compelling idea over here that we see all of this deep esoteric wisdom is really founded upon the most the most simple ways of how we deal with each other. As the Ramchal said, stuff we already know but just needs to be expressed. So, with that in mind, I want to take a look at the beginning of. Uh, the Ramchal's, uh, really the Ramchal's magnum opus on uh, where he, the Ramchal goes ahead and presents in a uh, systematic way uh, all, of the, uh, all of the symbols, all of the technical terms of the Arizal. Uh, the Ramchal's, I think, most prominent Kabbalistic work, overtly Kabbalistic work, which is Sefer Klach, uh, Klach Peskei Chachman. This is source number three, and we're going to read it inside tonight if we have the opportunity to do so. It should read page 11 on the bottom right. Yesod ha'emunav iker ha'chachma hu yichudo ha'elyon yisparach shemo. So over here, the Ramchal follows the same style that he does together with the opening of Mesilas Yesharim, where in Mesilas Yesharim he says Yesod ha'chasidus v'shoresh ha'avoda ha'temima. That he says the foundation of all piety and pure service of God. And over here, Yesod ha'emuna, the foundation of our faith. Right over here, the foundation of our faith. And the and the ikar, the main thing about uh, about the wisdom of our faith, all of Jewish wisdom, whether it's exoteric or esoteric, all drives towards one point. The telos is understanding God's uh, God's perfect immutable unity. That uh, that really all is is God echad yachid yuchad right totally singular with no antecedent no precedent nothing before nothing after pure uh, unity this unity this yichud elyon is very difficult almost impo- probably impossible for a human being to cognate however there are levels and steps that we talked about last week in which we could experience the path towards that wisdom lefikach. Still in the first line. This is what we must clarify first. And what is it? All of Chachmas HaEmes. You could get caught up in all these difficult technical terms and systems overlapping other systems and the entire Mareches HaLokos, the entire Seder Eshtal all of it drives towards one point, which is to show us what it is to have true faith, what it is to have real imuna, 
what it is to have real faith. And, and we've talked many times about how emuna is really like a practice, right? Faith is not something I either hold or don't hold. Faith is something that has various gradations, various different shades and gvanim. And, uh, and there's no, you know, we could say I could, I could at least declare that I want to believe emuna shlema with a full faith. But that's quite difficult. But, but a little faith. Uh, on the path of attaining true faith. So that's something that all of us can strive for, all of us can, can work towards. That's Amita Samuna. All of this wisdom, all of this Chachma, uh, all of this learning is meant to draw upon that single point, the truth of our faith. And that means understanding everything that was created, including us, or everything that is done in the world. How it all devolves, how it all comes from the divine, inscrutable will. And how all of this is run by God Almighty. How God goes ahead and turns. I'm saying because it's, it's difficult to apply even any regular terms to this because we start to go ahead when we think about this to be megashem a little bit. We'll talk about this in a second. We start, when we start to think about it in these metaphorical terms, so we start to go ahead, we run the risk of, of giving a little bit of a corporealistic or a materialistic sense to this. This is all purely spiritual terms, but in a very real sense, how God runs the world and how the wheels and the cogs of creation are cranked. And all of that, of course, is to bring all of creation back to Shlemus HaGamar. That there is a telos, there's an end point to all this, and the end point is Yichud Shlema, is to bring all of the fragmented pieces of unity, all the sense that there is disunity in creation, that we are separate from God, that that which happens in the world, especially evil, is separate and apart from God, how that all goes ahead and moves towards, constantly moves towards the Shlemus I'm reminded of a, of, of a line that Rav Kook says. Uh, it was supposed to be the subtitle, I believe, of Yehuda Mirsky's uh, biography of Rav Kook is a mystic, mystic in a time of revolution. That's Rav Kook. And then the subtitle, I believe, was supposed to be Everything is Rising. That everything, that the way, and, and certainly Rav Kook, who was a radical optimist, uh, uh, almost the brazen kind of optimism in the face of even the Great War, Rav Kook witnessed and saw the Great War and uh, famously saw it in a uh saw it in a way that he could render it at least in a positive light that, that the world, that these great tumultuous times bring us towards something. The breaking open brings to a, a higher degree of shlemus of completeness and creation. All of this, everything is still rising to shlemus HaGamah B'Achrona. And the underlined part, U'pratos HaChach Mazos, Hirak Pratos Yediyas HaNhaga B'Chol And the details and the, and the individual parts of this wisdom, the individual parts, and we'll use the word Kabbalah even though it gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit because the term has been so abused and the yeah. term has been so dragged around but, uh, and it seems almost cliched especially for, for somebody like me to use the word even but, but the, the protos the, and, and whether it's Kabbalah or whether it's the deepest philosophical inquiries of the Rambam and the Chazdai Kreskas or, 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 or any of the, uh, or any of the, the, the non-Kabbalist but the Jewish philosophers so all of this is to understand that the details are only details of this big idea details of, of, and it's important to not lose 
the, the forest for the trees, to understand that every tree, every technical term, every individual sphere or parts of or, or, or array of spherot that we might say, uh, and, and, their, and the, the difficult ways in which they contradict, in which we have to resolve them, all of this is just about seeing the big picture, how does God run the world, and how is everything moving towards that yichud gamar. Therefore we see that the primary foundation, the first principle of this wisdom, everything that we see, whether it's certain events or things that happen to us or to the world or things that exist in the world all of them have one creator and one master and that master has a plan all we are trying to do in this wisdom, this is the Ramchal, the very beginning of 137 chapters after this that are going to explain this Pratus HaChachma. The details of this wisdom is to explain and to let it be known how it works and how this system, how this system functions to the best of our understanding. So that's what we have to clarify first. And furthermore, for sure, that this matter is the foundation of all of creation. As we will explain with God's help. And by our understanding this matter, So what are we trying to do? Why are we studying this? What's the point of looking through these texts? What's the point of breaking our teeth on this Hebrew? It's because contained in these words, why do people study this? Why is, why is, a, why is a, a 350-year-old text still relevant and important and cutting edge and something that, 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 that is important today? Is to, to the basis of what we're doing here. That's right. Right? That you should know today and you should bring it onto your heart and you should understand through the levels of your study of this matter how do you love Hashem? How do you fear Hashem? How do you forge a creation? How are you misdabik to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How do you imitate? How, how, how are you, how, how do you walk bidrachav? How are you holich in God's ways? All of that, he says, and we'll see that this concept is exactly where the Ramchal picks up in what I would say is the exoteric rendering of Klach Pesrechachma, which is an imprecise way of saying it, but, but Das Tvunos is without technical terms, without overt Kabbalistic terminology, and with, and, and with, with simple presentation, with presentation that Shavalach Nefesh picks up on this very point, and is exactly surrounding on this very point, B'derech Nigle, in, in, in a revealed way. Hi. This is obviously a very complex issue, but he, he says very, that Hashem has a plan, and everything is, he controls and does everything, so you would just like about the Bechera point, so what... God's, God's plan, right? So the Ramchal writes, we're not, we're, we're not going to do it, we're not going to be able to do it tonight, but, uh, but the Ramchal says in Simen Sadi Vav in Das Tfunos, chapter 96, so he says over there that there's a Pasuk that tells us, so a person, the Gemara tells us, that in Sanhedrin says, A person should say that the world was created for me. The fact that we have Bechira, the fact that our Bechira itself seems as like this minor stira, this minor contradiction to God controlling everything is itself part of the plan, I would say, is itself a paramount part of the plan that every single individual has to recognize through their own Bechira, through their own free will, which itself, in, a, in, in the paradoxical way that it is, subsumed within God's plan, all of our options 
since you mentioned it, I'll just say my understanding always was I'm not bothered so much, right? Maybe it's because I'm just not smart enough. I'm not bothered. So, so maybe I'll tell you. Maybe I'll tell you why I'm not bothered. Here's why I'm not bothered by it because because every. Every concept in, in Jewish philosophy, every question in Jewish philosophy, and I mean this in like a big way, uh, even though I don't even know what all the questions might be and I haven't studied enough, but I think that every difficult Jewish question can go ahead and could be resolved in some way using the rubric of klapav and klapenu, or mitzido yisparach umitzidenu, meaning that every question, for example, bechira chavshis, from our perspective, mitzidenu, there's a stira, because mitzidenu, from our side, klapenu, uh, 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 sorry, from our perspective, right, it's all relative, from our perspective, it does seem that we have free choice, right? To me, to a finite being, I do have an infinite number of choices or close to that in front of me. So to me, that's infinite. To me, that's real Bechira. To me, that's real uh, free will, right? There's, there's nothing preventing me from doing that. From a Kajbaruch, Mitzidoyisparach, from God's perspective, there's no difference between infinity and one. Right? It's all the same. God himself is, inf- is infinite to the, s- the sense that we could talk about it. So in a very real way, what, what's perceived to us as, as Bechira Gomor, Takash Baruch Hu is Yediyah. Right? To, to what us is, to Akash Baruch Hu is already known, is already, is already understood and seen as one thing. So, so there's no stira there. There's no stira because for me, as an, if I want to understand from God's perspective, that's, that's locked out to me. I can't see things from there's God's perspective. There's not a true Bechira. It's not. Well, I, I don't. I don't know who who, who yeah, said from who, from who said it needs to be the, this term of of qualifying it true, not true, whatever it is. There's no. There's no difference. There's no difference to me in in what you call it or what you don't. It's bechira. It's choice. I have the choice, mm-hmm. right? I think we get hung up on saying on that on the qualifier. Oh, is it really true? Right now, I'm not talking about you. I'm saying how how the question keeps on going. What's not true about my bechira? The fact that an infinite being understands what my choices are, understands how I make my choices, or understands how I exercise that free will with the infinity of choices that's before me as a, as a finite being, that to me that doesn't impinge on, on my... The term is meaningless. The term true or untrue... God has a different perspective than we do. Right? My ways are not your ways, says God. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So, so to me, the question is obviated, or, or at the very least, the question is not, is not worth... Is, is, almost, right, once, you reach that, once you reach that understanding, it's like, okay, I have, I have the requisite amount of, of Bechira that I'd like. It's like for my child, right? I have a two-year-old, right? So my two-year-old, I place her in the backyard, right? I place her, you know, we're up, we're, we're up with friends today. Place her in the backyard. She can do whatever she wants there. She doesn't even know. It's not even part of her understanding that she could also get in the car and drive back to the city, she right? She, technically, she could. I know that she won't, right? But from her perspective... She's free to run around. She's free to do whatever she wants and have the best time possible and, have, and, and rendered in our sense to, to make the most meaningful time possible within the reality that's before her, right? Driving the car is simply outside the purview of her reality. But her abilities in that backyard are not impinged. Are not, are there, there's nothing taken away from what she can do there. That's how I sort of... Did God give you independence to make the choice? Or ultimately it's not independence. The fact that we're here, the fact that we're here, that's our independence. The fact that we're here, right, and, and we'll see in the Zohar, if we get to it, right, we'll see in the Zohar that that, that that independence is actually a scary thing. That independence means separation to a certain extent, because from our perspective, we are separated from God. 
klapav, there's nothing separated from God. So it's always this dialectic between our perspective and God's perspective. That relativity is how we truly understand these questions. And, and, and you're right to focus on the next level. Is it true? Is it not? What does it really mean when we say it? So that's, that's real study. That requires us to say, hi, very quick. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. It was what I said right at the beginning, which was, you know, you can't, I don't see any real, um, what's the right word? I, I can reconcile the two viewpoints for the simple reason, as I said, God is not standing behind us, twisting our arm to make a particular choice. Mm-hmm. We do have all those choices available to us. We do make whatever choices, but you know, even if God knows in advance what that particular choice is, it's irrelevant. We're still the ones making it. That's right. He's not the one standing That's right. back there, you know, twisting the that's right. So, so let's take a look now, turning the page, let's take a look now at, um, at source number six. Source number six. So, so how important is Sefer Das Funos? How significant is this work? So I want to take a look at the words of Rav Simcha Zissel Ziv of Kelm. Rav Simcha Zissel Ziv of Kelm, the altar of Kelm, the Saba of Kelm, who is the most important Talmud of Rav Yisal Salanter, the founder of the uh, Muslim movement, and in turn, Rav Simcha Zissel Ziv of Kelm, the altar of Kelm, as an exponent of the Muslim movement, his Talmidim are, uh, are basically responsible for, in a large part, much of the Torah that I'm Yisrael has today, and the Olam HaYeshivas, the world of Yeshivas, numbered amongst his students are the great Vnosan Svi Finkel of Slabodka, Rav Yeruchim Levavitz, the Mashkiach of Mir, Rav Yosef Leiblach, Rosh Yeshiva of Tells, the Alter Nevardek, these luminaries are all Talmidim. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, the, <laughs> yes, you are correct. So, um, so, <laughs> so, that's okay. I, I, I do not intend to be Ashkenormative in my discourse. Okay, so, chas uh, that's not my intent. Anyway, so, so these students are some of the most important luminaries of the Jewish world, uh, the students of the Alter of Kelm. So the Alter is quoted by his students, student, uh, by Rav, uh, Rav uh, so, so he's quoted by Rav Chaim Friedlander, whose Rebbe was Rav Dessler, whose father is Rav Ruven Dessler, who himself in turn was a Talmud of the Altar of Kelm, and he writes the following, this appears in Chaim Friedlander, who's responsible for this green edition that we spoke about last week, he writes the following in the Hakdama, and this appears in Sefer Chachma Musar, which is a collection of the Altar of Kelm's writings on page 187. He says, talking about the importance of this book, Das Tevunos, Says Mehayadua Bechush. We can sense Ki Devarim Ashera Oda Mavin Sivas is Chaivusam Measibel Mesovev. The ways in which we understand how Siba, how cause and Mesovev and effect, right? The, the primary mover, whatever you want to call it, how, the, how things work, what the cause and effect in this world is, and the great Sibas, of course, the great cause for everything, the primary cause is a Kaddish Baruchu. And the things that we don't know and we don't understand cause and effect for, that we can't understand, uh, what, would be, what would you say is a big thing that we don't understand cause and effect? That's going to be a topic that we'll hopefully dwell on in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. Something that we don't know about cause and effect is, for example, why I could do mitzvahs and I could try my best in serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and yet I could suffer. Right? Then why it could be that a person does all these Averos and that person prospers? Right? So how could that possibly be? So these things, So the areas in which we can understand, Siba, Mesovev, cause and effect, and the areas in which we can't understand cause and effect, 
So, so they are completely opposite. The chasm between the knowledge in one area and the lack of knowledge and the doubt in another area is, a, is an almost unbridgeable gap. It's the difference between ayin and yesh, void, nothingness, and everything. So this is what's discussed. This is what's this is what is focused on by the works of Ramosha Chaim Litzato in his writings. And he said, All of Chachmas of Kabbalah comes from the Pasuk in Deuteronomy chapter four, verse thirty-nine, which says, you should know today you should understand you should endeavor to the extent of your human faculties and abilities to know God and understand God you need to bring something back it needs to be actionable wisdom it needs to not just remain in an intellectual philosophical realm but it has to be a way in which you lead your life that we are warned we are enjoined we are told by God that the way to serve Him as we've talked about up to this point is to know and to try our best to understand and through that our Amuna becomes strengthened. The Amuna is not something where it's blind or that we say I believe right, I believe in spite of but Amuna is I believe because of. Okay, I believe because of something. Our Amuna is founded upon something. It's, it's an art. It's a wisdom. It's a practice. And that's how God runs the world. And part of that wisdom is understanding the reasons behind the mitzvahs and the ways in which we achieve, what we achieve when we perform a mitzvah, right? The Ari's Torah is focused constantly on tikkunim and what exactly is rectified, right? In a broken world, in a shattered world, what do I rectify by shaking the lulav? What exactly is done by going ahead and, uh, still focusing on sukkis, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, by doing hashanas, which we did in this very room. Uh, what exactly is done when I make kiddush on Friday night when I say that I bring all of creation in and the more knowledge and the more understanding I have of the mitzvahs the better my practice and the better my amuna is the better my, my, my actions of faith are Right, the Ramchal explained this in his dialogue between the Choker, between the philosopher and the Mekubal. So the altar had read, and in his humility, he says, It seems to me it appears on Daf Tesayin. Of course, he knew exactly where it is. That's how a Baal Musar speaks. He says, I think it might be over here. You should never say it's exactly there. Right? That's, uh, that's stuff that people like me do to say, Hey, at least I know something. It's worth learning with me. Him. We see from the Gedolei Harishonim, here he addresses a fundamental point. There are many people, there are many great giants of Jewish, uh, of, of Jewish uh, thought and of, uh, of the Masorah that were not known as Kabbalists, that weren't Osek in Kabbalah. And uh, But we know how deep and how profound their faith and their piety was. The Rambam never saw the Zohar, despite what some people say. The Rambam never learned or studied Kabbalah. But the Rambam drives towards this in his, in his philosophical works, right? It's not for naught that there are a great many Kabbalists, even the most, what, what one might say, I don't mean this in chas v'shom, denigration, but the most wild out there Kabbalists, like Rav Varma Abulafia, wrote the Matzer Fulchachma. They themselves wrote Perushim on the Moronavuch, and the Moronavuchim could be very easily rendered as a Kabbalistic work. And similarly, the great Kabbalistic works can, I think, be easily rendered 
third, as philosophical works as well. It's all about the language that one uses to be mevayer the same fundamental point, which is achdus and yechidus and derech and hagav hakadosh baruch the the true unity and the way in which God runs the world. So he says, so how is it? How is it that without Kabbalah? Well, we already just said, but how could it be that without Kabbalah that they achieved this level of understanding of God, this level of piety, this level of, 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 of purpose in their service of God? So Lama, how could that be? They were Zoha, they were able to understand cause and effect by, by dint of, of open, rational human logic, right? They were able to do so. However, the Kabbalah does so in, in a way that's different, not through logical reasoning, but through revealed reasons, through revealed reasons. And there's a difference between those things. That is true. It is enough for a person to become a chassid. And chassid over here, we mean a true piety, a dedicated, zealous service of God. Nevertheless, all the mitzvahs are given in different ways. So this mitzvah also is given in a revealed way. This mitzvah of Amuna has a way in which we can reveal it for ourselves and it has a way in which it's revealed to us. The way in which it's revealed for ourselves is philosophy and is study of, uh, of wisdom and is logic and our human faculties, which take a tremendous amount of effort. Similarly, it's also revealed to us through Kabbalah. Kabbalah through accepting this wisdom, through a, tr- a tradition of this wisdom. Which itself rises above human faculties, rational faculties, and that's why it's very difficult for some people to even enter into this world of Kabbalah. That's why it, uh, maybe sometimes the word Kabbalah is met with Khalila Snickers or a sense an eye roll, perhaps, because, because it's, uh, it, it is, uh, I don't think the word is irrational, but I've seen the word irrational, above rationality. That's what we mean over here, right? Meta rational. It's above rationality, right? It dispenses with rationality. And it tells us how we go ahead. It drives the same point how we how we how we how we involve ourselves in the function of amuna and what we're doing when we're involved with mitzvos. So we're about to run out of time, and I guess next week we'll be continuing with das as well. But what I want to go ahead and do in terms of just giving a hakdama to das tevunos, and we will continue next week if that's okay with everybody. So the das tevunos is based on the following thing: it's a dialogue between the neshama and the seichel, like much of the Ram Chal's other works, Mesilos Yisharm as well as we've pointed out, which was also written in a, in, as a dialogue uh, in, in one version, and the Chokir Makubal and Das Tfunos is written as a dialogue between an individual, the soul, and the intellect. I think that actually the reason, we mentioned this, the reason Ramchal is able to go ahead and allow the soul and the, the, right, the, the poetic side and the seichel, I would say, uh, I would say the accountant side of things, right? The logical piece by piece kind of sides of things is because the Ramchal himself is a chokiru mekubal. The Ramchal himself, as we've talked about in his life, inhabited, right? We talked about containing multitudes, had all of these paradoxical elements within himself. And in Das Tevunos, what I, what I think the reason why the Sefer stands out in the corpus of the Ramchal's writings is because the Ramchal is putting himself on paper, right? We say that the Torah, uh, Anochi, for example, Anochi Hashem lo Right, Shavuos is coming up. So Hashem is It stands for that God says, I am giving over my soul to you in writing. The Ramchal, I believe in Das Tavunos, I am giving over to you both parts of my soul, the Choker and the Mekubal, the soul and the intellect, the poet and the accountant. I'm giving it over to you on paper in Das Tavunos. Das Tavunos starts with the following dialogue, I think, that goes ahead above everything. And we'll have to save for next week. The soul says that there are things that we accept as true. 
There's certain things in order to practice Judaism properly and in order to function as a Jewish person and really as a human being, there are things that we accept as true. But the intellect says, I don't understand them. The intellect says, okay, it's true, but I have no idea why it's true. I have no idea, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with this kind of wisdom. Right? And, 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 and as, uh, as Rav Feldman, we've mentioned Rav Yaakov Feldman, I believe a great expositor of the Ramchal, translator of the Ramchal. Uh, if you look at his blog, you could see a systematic presentation of Das Tfunos, which is indeed ongoing. Feldman says that we've called it Hanhaga, how God runs the world. He says at the end of the day, all that Hanhaga, how God runs the world, is all towards this final Tachlis Hashlemus, this Yichud. This, uni- this unity of all things. And he says that uh, the more that we understand how God runs the world, the more that we understand to a certain extent to the, that we can why God does the things that, that God does and, and what our role in them, why they happen to us. And instead of just experiencing God's world as things happening to us, but starting to see how we happen to God's world, what our role in that is, to take a more active role, not just passively saying, I accept this is true, but taking the more active role, I understand that this is true, of moving towards that and those foundations of faith, so then actually something messianic happens, something incredible happens, and that we go ahead and, uh, and we can instead, we can do our small part of revealing that yichud, that we show how the more that we act, and the more that we act based on our understanding of how God runs the world, the more we reveal God's yichud with the tzalem elokim, with, with the spark of divinity that's within us. Um, and, and, you know, we'll continue next week, um, and this is a shorter, I guess, a shortened version of this, but in the Zohar, on Dav Dalet, I told you we'd learn Zohar today, in the Zohar on Dav Dalet, on Dav Dalet, Amid Aleph, we say, uh, so, so Rajvi tells us who is Zoha, who can merit to enter into the Heichal, into this, uh, to this abode, uh, abode and domain of, of the Messianic, of the Messiah, right? What everything is going towards. This Tachlis, this Shlemus Hasophis. Who is Zoha to do that? So he says, Misha Zoha. It's somebody that's able to hapuch, to turn, to turn bitterness into sweetness, and darkness into light. Zohar is light. Zohar is beauty, right? The, the only term that we have to really explain the Dakos, right? These things, these spiritual concepts that can barely be Translated, they're almost completely ineffable, and all and and the difficulty of studying Kabbalah is that we are studying something that is essentially ineffable in text, right? So the idea is, is that by studying this, so we actually go ahead and we do our part. The understandings that we get, we do our part in saying, I accept these things as true. And I understand why they're true. And I get to why they're true. Klach Pischei is going to deal with four chief elements of those, of those things. The four chief elements are God's omniscience, uh, reward and punishment, the Messiah, and resurrection. So, Mir Tzashem, next week uh, we'll be able to go ahead and continue. I have zero issue, even though I wanted to spend a little bit more time on, on, das, on, uh, on Klach next week to look a little bit at the Ramchal's uh, uh, more overt writings, to look at Derech Hashem a little bit. Uh, das Tfunos deserves this treatment, uh, I would say, even though Derech Hashem moved me the most of the Ramchal's works, Das Tfunos is uh, coming up quick. Uh, I'll collect the sheets if you want, and, uh, and we will continue next week. Thank you all so much for coming.